Hi, my name is Stephen Durkin and this is the Radical Turnaround podcast and my guest today is Anthony Andrews. He lives in Wokingham in Derbyshire but was brought up in London and he is now an holistic lifestyle coach, yoga teacher and mentor but was formerly a professional rugby player whose career was catastrophically cut short. Now, he's also started a podcast called the Post Rugby Podcast. Welcome, Andy. How are you doing? How's it Thank going? Thank you very much. Now, that's for quite that introduction. No problem, mate. That's that's uh, that's quite a radical turnaround, obviously, from being um, from being a professional rugby player to being uh, an holistic lifestyle coach, yoga teacher, and and uh, and mentor. But um, rug, rugby wasn't your first. It wasn't your first. Love was it? You, you loved football up to up to the age of about was it 12, 13 that you that you loved that you loved football? Yeah, that's correct. I um I went to school in London. I grew up in London. Was born in London, and went to essentially an inner city school in London. So I don't think we even knew what rugby was at, at my school, my right, first yeah. school especially. And then um, secondary school, I think we'd done a little bit of rugby for PE, but never there was never a school team or anything like that. So yeah, football was was the main sport for me, and I I loved it to be honest. And I said this on my um, introductory podcast as like you know it's targeted at rugby players, and the thought of admitting to liking football to a lot of rugby players is 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 doesn't go down too well. But exactly, um, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I've I've always enjoyed football and and all sports to be honest. I've always enjoyed being active, and that's that's always been my kind of passion, the thing that got me got me out of bed in the morning so but then I found rugby and then yeah the the the, the journey the journey began yeah. there with plenty of twists and turns well so. yeah, this is I don't know whether this is an actual quote but I heard you say that um you went to a trip you went to a training session it was your first training session and uh and you did your first you did your first tackle and uh and you put and I bloody loved it you know so so <laughs> I like to speak about this actually. Um, so, what was it about? You know, it was your first training session. You obviously loved football before then, and then you you, you did this tackle, and and from that, I mean, you can talk about turning points, but that just in itself, that first tackle, that changed everything. Really, it's completely changed the the the, the rest of your your life because you thought, wow, I like this. What what was it about that first that first training session, that first that first tackle that you that made you think this is this is the spot for me. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I've never really thought about that, but it was think, that point, um, though. Was it that point? Well, yeah, a little bit because uh, before that, I'd kind of like done a little bit of tackling with my older brother. We used to just kind of mess around because he got into playing rugby with at his school. He went to a local grammar school, and so at his school they played rugby, and he got into rugby through his school. I continued playing just football when I went to um, secondary school. But then he started playing for a local club and started getting into it. And I, you know, we obviously being brothers is only a year apart from us. So we'd take a rugby ball over the park and start kicking it about. And yeah, just doing a little bit of kind of like tackle practice, but not really. We had this um, alleyway down the side of our house, which is all concrete. And we used to kind of like run around there a little bit. And um, but that was the first time I was out in a field yeah, and yeah. the coach was like, right, just play this game. I didn't really know what I was doing. And this young lad had the ball and I just ran at him and I just like, I just grabbed him and we went, he went and, down. He got like, him and just that right. Tackle yeah. Him. Got him down. 
got on the like got on the floor on the grass got a bit muddy and I was like oh yeah and then got up and then made another tackle and yeah maybe like maybe scored a try and um and yeah just got a real um yeah a real buzz of energy from it and, and then, yeah then, like with football I always enjoyed like the slide tackles and the yeah, so like know, the physical, and, and the, the more kind stuff. of abrasive physical yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so got, this is so for the me. Rugby, I think I've realised that right. This is an outlet where I can just kind of, yeah. you know, express. Not that I was ever a real angry child. I was always quite a a, a quiet um, child. But well, that's just, maybe what yeah, an, an outlet. Yeah, obviously an outlet. For yeah, you. definitely. Yeah. No, it, yeah, so, it definitely felt good. So you were then obviously moved on. You went to college and you were still playing rugby and you're obviously progressing through your rugby career. Uh, and then, because of you on your dad's side, your dad's uh, your dad's Welsh, um, and so you actually went to play for Wales in the under six under sixteens um, a, a team, and then went on to um, play for the under eighteens first team, and where you got four caps for for, for Wales, which that's an achievement in its, itself. Uh, obviously, continue playing rugby, like you say, through your through your college, and progress through rugby, and then. Um, you played professionally for three, three years. Is that right? Yeah, around about three years. I think it was about three or four years. Yeah, I was playing professionally a little bit, semi-professionally for the most most part. Um, that that took you up to two thousand and twelve, New Year's Day. What a day! <laughs> New Year's Day, two thousand. Yeah, I'll never forget that day for sure. I bet you won't forget that day. Um, so take us through that. Take us through that day, Anthony. What happened on that that fateful day? So I was playing for London Scottish in the England English Championship, which is the level below the Premiership in the um, in the English rugby system. And um, yeah, I was having a really successful season personally. I was starting most weeks, and yeah, pretty much on the verge of. I was playing semi-professionally at the time, um, and yeah, I was on the verge of of going back full time that following season. I, you know, all the all the signs were that, right, this is, you know, it's going well. You know, I, I want to go back to being full-time because I was full-time for a little while with London Welsh. And then... You were, were you um, still loving it then wasn't as well? quite ready for it. You were still, yeah. still loving the game though. Obviously, you, you, who yeah. knows? Who knows? Yeah. So, yeah. You're obviously still passionate yeah, but, about the game, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, um, and yeah, I remember just like it was a wet day and obviously it was New Year's Day. So, like, couldn't really do anything new year's eve i couldn't remember i can't remember if we went up with the team the night before or on the day um but i remember just like just being wet and miserable and it was new year's day and it was just like oh it was a bit of a you know a bit of a trough really to just like play but once you get into the game you yeah, yeah. all those kind of factors go out the window you're so in the moment and Gosh, yeah. i was actually having a really good game um you know getting stuck in winning some lineouts. Lineouts was always like a big part of my game. Um, and yeah. And then I think it was, I think it was in the first, maybe was it the second half? I can't even remember if it was the first half or the second half. I went to make this tackle. Um, another teammate of mine, we made like a double tackle. He got the guy to the ground. So I managed to stay on my feet. So then I tried to then get the ball, jackal the ball. And as I planted my left leg, my left knee, because the ground was so wet, slid out to the side at the same time. I think it was their prop came in to clear me out. His whole body weight went oh. through my leg. Jesus. And basically my whole 
knee completely snapped. laterally dislocated snapped, and it basically. just snapped everything wow. in yes. my knee um Jeez. all my ligaments the meniscus what, what and even as as what? it dislocated it fractured the bone um like my fibula and uh so your lower leg, yeah, your lower leg bone, yeah. Your low, so wow, so yeah, there's yeah. a lot of pressure um, on there. It just literally just, it just literally like just basically snapping a chicken bone, basically, wasn't it? Sort of thing. Yeah, pretty much. And that, wow. the noise was horrendous. I obviously at the time oh, I didn't oh, realize wow. it had this. Like I felt it obviously like something was completely wrong. Horrible noise. But I I then looked down basically. I just laid on my back, just with my hands in over my face. So you knew something. Going, you knew something really bad had happened, obviously. Yeah, I know, like the noise so was, and the, was, the way it felt. Did it? Did it, it fit, was it really, really painful? Or a lot of people say it was stuff like it's, it's not. So the pain didn't kick in until like a little while later because I just went down and it was just complete shock. Yeah, I was just in complete yeah. shock. But then the physios and the doctors come on the pitch and saw their faces. They cut my boot off. Well, I just sensed there was like a bit of a panic. And yeah. I even heard one of the physios or the doctor say, like, everyone, this is a limb-threatening injury. I heard those words come out of her mouth. And I was like, what the hell have I done? Jesus. Still, like, just looking up into the sky, just trying to, trying to breathe, basically, trying to stay calm, just thinking, what the hell yeah, have yeah. I done? And then they basically said to me, Ant, we need to try and get the knee back into joint because... Apparently they, they couldn't feel the pulse in my foot. Oh, so there's wow, a, a main wow. artery going down your wow. leg. So they that's why they really feared that I was going to lose my leg because they couldn't feel the pulse in my foot. Right. So they were like, we have to try and manipulate it back in now or you yes. might lose your leg. So I was like, I was just lying there. Just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, just do, do, it, yeah. Just just do. do it. Yeah. So they tried to force my knee back into joint. Um, and that's where the pain just went, wow. hit me like a train. And um yeah, asking my like if you speak to my teammates, apparently I like scream the whole stadium down. We were playing at Leeds Carnegie Stadium. Wow. And uh yeah, my, my screams could be heard echoing around the stadium. Oh, it must have been yeah. traumatic, not just for me, but every yeah. single person yeah, in that I stadium, imagine. I think. Yeah. Um so and I mean, yeah, you know, I had family members there. I had my mum and dad watching, and like it just must have been heartbreaking. It must for them. have been, yeah. Um and yeah, even like my my college, like my teammates, my coaches, you know, I've been with them a long time. And yeah, to see someone go through that, like I say, in itself must have been traumatic. So um, so yeah, so that was that was that. And then anyway, they couldn't get it back into joint, got me on a stretcher into the physio room, tried again, still couldn't. No pulse in so, your foot still, no. Um, I don't know. I don't know what like it was all a bit of a daze after this point, but they, yeah, they yeah. tried to get it back into place, still couldn't, and then eventually they got me into an ambulance got to the hospital and eventually they managed to drug me up enough that I was able to relax enough to allow them to put my knee back into joint and then they put yeah, on this yeah. big metal cage onto my knee to just keep it together because basically at that point there was nothing holding my lower leg to my upper leg other than just like the about. muscles and the, yeah it literally would have just flopped about if I tried to stand on it <laughs> Um, so yeah, it was it was bad. Yeah. It was bad. Um, so, so so that that actually led to was it about two two years of uh, two years of physiotherapy, two years of recovery. You know, two years of of getting back to not getting back to normal after after that. Yeah. So yeah, I'm super grateful for like the the like the London Scottish. You know that 
they allowed me to see the physio basically for the next two years. I was only contracted to the end of the season. Right. And, you know, some people say, well, yes, they should have done that, but they didn't need to do that necessarily. But so I was lucky enough to get physio pretty much every week for, for almost two years. Otherwise, um, it probably could have, taken, could have taken even longer to get right if you've not had all oh, that. Oh, definitely. So, that's a, that's yeah, a, yeah. So, oh, oh, so yeah, so I had, um, I think it was like four major surgeries in the in that first six months of 2012. Um and then 18 months then rehab after that. And then two years on, they pretty much said to me, and this process couldn't have gone any better. Um, your knee is absolutely fine. Wow. If you wanted to go back to play, we wouldn't recommend it. But like physically, there's nothing wrong with your knee. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, and just- going from that response to obviously in the hospital, yeah. The doctors were obviously saying, mate, this is pretty much as bad as injury you can get on a yeah. rugby field, aside from like breaking your back or or doing anything to your neck or your head. Like your knee is obviously quite an important joint when it comes to a physical sport like rugby. And they were like, this is as bad as it can get. Like that's the end of your career, essentially, is what they told me. And well, I well, assumed that would be the case. Yeah, yeah. And so I kind of yeah, believe exactly. that. Of course, yeah. So that two years just believing that, you know, obviously when your recovery went fantastically could you could yeah. you attribute your your fast recovery to anything other than obviously you had the access to um to, to the physio and everything else which was which was well good, i think but... you know i've reflected on this a lot and i think like you know coming from a, a rugby background it is quite an intense sport and you know you do have to train hard you you know it is very demanding and I suppose I just kind of channeled that energy into my rehab. So I was like, you know, exactly, even yeah, at yeah. the start, my rehab was literally moving my toes. And I was like, you know, I do that every day. And I was really lucky to have, you know, such support around me. Like my dad was just amazing. Like, um, you know, I moved home for the first like three, four months. I, they had to set up a bed downstairs because I couldn't really do stairs for the first like month or so. And yeah, I had an amazing support structure around me, you know, from my family um, and friends and stuff. So but that also really helped along with that just determination from myself. It was like, right, this is my rehab process. These are the exercises I've been given. I'm going to do them religiously every day. Yeah. And then well, I started, you know, from that point, I was working as a personal trainer before that or might have been just a fitness instructor at the time. So I was interested in fitness, was interested in training. So I try and do stuff with my upper body while literally I remember just lying on the bed with like my leg in a brace and I'd like be moving my arms, doing like lifting weights, lifting water bottles, doing some keep, keep it active, yeah. just keeping my body moving. So you, and- you, it wasn't just the physios, it was yourself and your attitude, obviously, that, that, that you know, that help you get through this so, so quick. Not everybody has got that mindset. Obviously, you've got you've always been no. physical, you've got a health mindset. Um, this led on then, obviously, um, to to yoga. Which, which, if you were to mention yoga to the guys in the in the rugby in the rugby club, you, you know, you'd probably get a little bit of banter. Probably maybe make it taken out because it's not the sort of thing you associate rugby rugby and and yoga and holistic therapy and and this and other. But mm. but you said that um, obviously you was fixed physically which is a big thing. Your knee was, was physically fixed, but obviously you've got all this mental trauma still up there as well, as well thinking, oh, you know, how robust is it? You know, obviously you've still got that memory of that noise and, you know, a bit cracking and, and everything else that followed followed that. Um, so what was it about yoga that you actually, that actually 
um, tied them two things together, made you realize that it wasn't just your physical injury that you were still suffering from. Obviously, you were suffering from, you know, from the, maybe the mental trauma of it as well. And how did mm. how did yoga help that? Did yoga help that? Yeah. Yeah, it's a good it's a good um, point, really, yoga and, and rugby. I think the, the conversation is starting to change. I think that people are starting to be a bit more open to stuff yeah, like yoga yeah, without, and without, seeing the yeah. benefits. But certainly yes. back Through people when like I got you, injured, so, yeah. you know, seven, eight, nine years ago, even myself in the first couple of years after um, the injury, that first, those two years of rehab, yoga wasn't even part of my equation. Mm. You know, it wasn't a possibility for me. I was just following the path that I knew, which was go to the gym, do these exercises, rebuild the body, because the body was all I really considered throughout yeah. my whole life up to that point and, and beyond was was all about the physical. But once I got a few years past the injury, so I had a couple of years past this point where I got signed off physically fit, like a few years down the line, again, I was like, although I've been signed off physically fit, I still don't feel that great. Mm. Like my body felt, uh, my knee felt okay. It felt like there was still a lot of pressure in my knee. My hips were tight and my body was just suffering because like I say, I just went straight back in the gym and I was just lifting weights. I was just doing the things that I knew from my days as a rugby player. So I had this kind of moment where I was like, you know, I need to start looking elsewhere because I, you know, I got to a place where I was like, just not feeling good at all. Um, and yeah, I was going for a few other um, turnarounds, as it were, with career. I was working in fitness and I was like, I'm done with fitness. It's not giving me the mm. kind of feeling that I was after. I was running all these like challenges and stuff, helping people lose weight and, and get stronger and get more muscly and all this kind of physical stuff. And like I say, it just wasn't serving me. So um, I went in actually into education and before I went into education, I went on a yoga retreat. It was a real random conversation with one of the instructors because I used to run the gym by this point at university. And um, she was like, oh, I need to get a couple of weeks covered. Is there any chance you can help me get cover in a couple of weeks? I was like, oh, okay, yeah, 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 cool. What are you doing? Are you going on holiday or anything? She's like, no, I'm running this retreat. And I was like, oh, yeah. And then she showed me this place out in Spain. And she's like, oh, yeah, my mum runs this place. Wow. And I'm running this retreat in, you know, it was like three or four weeks time. And it was the same week that I had booked off on annual leave and I hadn't sorted anything out yet. I, I was desperate to get away because, like I say, I was starting to just feel a bit. And, and I was like, you got any places left on that? And she was like, yeah, there's actually a few people from the gym coming to the retreat. Right, yeah, okay, I yeah. knew a few people going. Had you done yoga before so, um, that? Had you done yoga before I'd that? I've done it a little, like I've went to a few, because I was the fitness manager yeah, yeah, and yeah. I ran the class yeah. program. But you're not really got, you're not really along, yeah, yeah. No, I went along to a couple of classes and and was like, yeah, this this is okay. And, and like, yeah, it's given me a few little benefits. My body's maybe feeling a little bit better. And yeah, I, I didn't connect with a lot of the things because like yeah. a few of the instructors that I went to classes with were quite spiritual and mm -hmm. airy fairy as some people might yeah, call yeah, it. I, know, so I didn't yeah, really connect exactly with all that mean. stuff. So yeah. a little part of me was like, oh no, yoga's a bit, nah, it's not for me. But mm -hmm. I went on this retreat and literally just getting away from everything in this environment, like I was in the middle of the hills in Spain, middle of nowhere, just good food, good people. And then, yeah, I just started to like 
move my body in a different way, like like opening my body up and mm-hmm. and yeah, there was also this this girl there who done this energy healing and meditation stuff and and I didn't know anything about this stuff. And um I done like a, a session with her and um it almost felt like she was able to help me release some of this energy that has been yeah. trapped. Like you mentioned about mm. trauma and stuff like that. I remember her placing her hand on my knee and I literally felt like it almost felt like I was crying. Like, um, like this emotion was just like coming through me. I was like, what the hell is going on? Like, what is this about? So, very, um, yeah, I, I, so I, like, I come from exactly the same position as, as you, you know, if you, Five, six right. years ago, if, if anybody had mentioned this stuff, I wouldn't have been having this conversation, to be honest with you, Antoinette. You do yeah. realise that there are, you know, energies, you know, just through your own personal experience. And until you experience it yourself, it's, you know, it's difficult to, you know, to, to accept mm. it. But obviously you've experienced this just through yoga and, you know, that it goes far beyond the, fi- the, the physical. Sorry, I just yeah. thought I'd, I, didn't, I didn't check there. Go on, carry no, on. mate, that's great. And, um, and yeah, and that was kind of my, like, I, I, I coined this term now, my re-recovery journey. Because that first four, five years, although it was recovering and, and, and I had quite a shift from where I was as a, as a player, it wasn't until, yeah, that was coming up to four years ago, that retreat. It wasn't until that point where I really started to just ask the deeper questions about myself and about everything. Like mm-hmm. that, that retreat just kind of changed everything. It opened you up, obviously, you know. And, it, just, and I exactly. think retreats like, and that's where the thing is, it just opened me up to yeah. a new possibility rather than that fixed box that I used course, to live yeah. in, as in, like, I'm a rugby player, I go to the gym, I try and get strong, like, never, never really ever got that strong, was never a naturally like big guy, strong guy, it was always quite, you know, naturally kind of quite slight. So I always tried to just focus on building myself up in the gym and you know focused on just mm-hmm. being strong and being this rugby player and even like I say after I got injured I didn't know how to change I was just like yeah. no, no no I'm still a rugby player I'm still going to do exactly the same things Gosh. as I've done and then I went on this retreat and it was just like boom this whole another world just kind of opened yeah. up and was just like maybe I'm not just a rugby player maybe you know well, you'd obviously no, label you'd, you'd labeled yourself, that. obviously. You know, yeah. we all we all label ourselves, and we we have our identity. You know, and that's that obviously your identity for a lot of years. So this this yoga retreat basically just blew you wide, blew you wide open to possibilities. You know, completely mm-hmm. the possibilities to the extent that you're doing what you're doing to, today, and you've realised that it's not just about specific areas of the body; it's about the whole the whole kit and caboodle it's the whole thing this whole human yeah. thing that, that we've got and that's what you've you've, you've got yeah. into well, as that well. was the thing like getting into yoga getting into holistic lifestyle coaching like for like i said the first half of my recovery this journey that i've been on for the last nine years was all about the knee everyone would always ask exactly, me exactly yeah. how's the knee and my attention again was narrow focus towards that injury towards that knee Yes. After this experience on the retreat and then going out to seek different things, I started focused on myself as a whole yes. rather than just my knee as a thing and a mm-hmm. part of me. And the more I started focusing on myself and like the deeper aspects of myself started to get into holistic lifestyle coaching, started considering more than just this label and this identity of being a rugby player. My knee actually got so much better. Like now, 
I, I literally don't have any touch wood, any issues with my knee. I do yoga. I can get into all sorts of like funky postures. Like, you know, I don't have any pain. And people look at me and go, and that was literally the worst knee injury I've ever seen. How are you like, <laughs> doing all this stuff? Like, I go, to, I can comfortably do a 5K run without any problems. Um, I don't tend to do a lot of running, but even like I coach rugby now and I run around with the team and they're like, and why are you not playing? Like, there's literally, yeah. there, there's nothing wrong with you. And I'm like, well, you know, I've, I've, I've done that phase you've, of my life. Well, you've, you've obviously, focusing on other things now. I think what um, you found, I think what you found, Anthony, if it sounds of it, is obviously you've, you loved rugby, you love sport, you love being active and everything else. But um, you've, through through yoga and through this holistic approach that you've, that you've got, have realised that, you know, people are so narrow-minded. You know, you look at all, all the rugby players and you're thinking if they get an injury, they focus on that specific thing. You go to a doctor, uh, and a, a general pra- practitioner, they've only got so much time to spend with you. So if you've got mm. pain, if you've got pain, they'll give you pain pills. Or if you feel depressed, they'll give you antidepressants. You know, it's like basically masking the symptoms. You've also come to a massive realisation that it's not just about specific areas of your body or, or just one mm. thing. It's the whole the, the whole yeah. thing. And you've realised that so much. Now with your podcast, that's what you want to do is is help out these other rugby players that maybe not won't, wouldn't come to that realization on, on their own is that would you sum that up would you say that yeah sums definitely that up? and i think um i talk about this a little bit I, I i ran a webinar a few months ago for rugby players and um there's i, I explained it as that i started focusing on the roots and not the fruits so the fruits for me used to be what i did and the things that I'd done. Mm-hmm. And then I just, you know, I stopped focusing on all of that. And then I focused on the roots of like, right, what, who, who actually am I? Like, like what, what do I actually enjoy? Not, you know, what society expects me to do or family or friends or whatever. Just really asking those deeper questions about myself. It's just like, right, who are you? What are you actually passionate? What makes you tick? What drives you? What are you good at? What can you serve this world doing? And I was working in education the last three years and there was elements of that I really loved. Um, but it was the elements that was about, you know, giving back, service, mm-hmm. helping people, all these things. Um, and I, yeah, I just felt a little bit kind of restricted in a school because obviously there's things you can say, you can't say, you're very much you've got to do this you've got to follow this curriculum and yeah it just I just kind of had that realization of like you know I want to do these things that I'm doing in a school that I'm doing coaching that I'm doing um you know teaching but I want to have a bit more freedom with it and express the things that I want to express and this this is what this podcast in your own unique way yeah in in your own unique way yeah 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 that's led me to the Yes, I was just going to get onto that. So obviously, that's all. This now has led up to uh, up to to, to the, the podcast. Um, what is it you're trying to get out there on? On, on obviously all, all all this, but what message are you trying to give with your podcast? So, like I was just kind of alluding to, I had these realizations, and I realized that um, an attribute of mine that I really used to almost I don't know, just not really feel it was a good attribute or would, wouldn't feel like I was, you know, as good as other people because I wouldn't be, you know, very talkative. I wouldn't be the kind of like center of attention. I wouldn't be, you know, very talkative, like I say, very chatty. I'd always be the person that would listen. Mm-hmm. I'd listen, observe, and then just maybe 
add in a little comment here or there, or maybe, you know, more comfortably working or talking to people one-to-one rather than in a big group. So like the podcast is, is, is just an, is an opportunity for me to just hold this space for somebody to share their truth. Um, and I've, and it's something that I do with my coaching clients. It's not necessarily about me, you know, in, you know, yes, there's obviously going to be things I'm going to suggest to my clients, but a lot of it, holistic lifestyle coaching is about almost holding the space for somebody for them to share what they need to share. And with them sharing their truth, we help to identify some of these root causes of some of these things that are happening in the external world. So say yes. somebody wants to lose weight, for instance, or, or, um, you know, improve their movement in their body because they've got an injury or whatever. It's just like helping people identify the deeper aspects of that drive and the deeper aspects of that position. So yeah, the podcast for me is about just um, like holding that space and listening to people talk and yeah, just, just creating an environment where, you know, I, I hope to make the guests sure. comfortable and safe and, you know, so they can just, like I say, have that time, have that hour to just speak from, you know, from their heart, essentially. And so that's... In a sense, you're, you're a counsellor. You're sort of like a, you're, you're a counsellor as mate, well. It yeah. is. It is which, almost yeah. in a way. Like but, but, coaching, but, but, coaching but most is counselors, very much. Yeah, but most counsellors yeah. are only talking because they've, 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 they've been there, done that, worn the T-shirts, they've, they've, over, they've overcome it, uh, and they know mm-hmm. how to o- 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 overcome things. Um, would you say that for people... Obviously, your podcast is called the it's called the Post Rugby Podcast. Yeah. Um, now, you're obviously still um, in touch and associating with a lot of people in the rugby in the rugby environment. And obviously, like that's what you what you do. Would you say that there are aspects in in the rugby community of mental health aspects for people that maybe like yourself, you could have easily slipped into a into a self pitying mire, you know, mm. with a, such a, an horrific injury like that. And obviously, you're mm. not you're not alone. This is happening. You know, people are, are retiring or, or having to forcefully retire from rugby um, all the time. Like I say, it's probably millions of people out there that you're reaching out to. Mm. Um, how would you say that your podcast? Or what aspects of your podcast is is there to maybe help people that are, that maybe I'm going through a few mental health yeah. issues? No, definitely, and and I think you made a, a good point is that a lot of counsellors maybe get into counselling because they've been through their own stuff yes. and you know they've they've gone through their process so they can then sit in that chair opposite somebody going through their stuff and they can mm. empathise with that person exactly. Yeah. So that's why you know I've I've, I've you know, I'm creating this podcast for the rugby community primarily, but you know, this podcast is is going to be, yes, sharing stories from rugby, but the most parts of the podcast is digging into people's challenges, whether that's kind of coming back from an injury or yeah, mental health challenges. Because yeah, I, again, I I went through my own struggles, obviously with with mental challenges around this transition obviously um, yeah. you know been, not that I ever been... really had that place where I you know admitted it to many people I just kind of went on this journey by myself pretty much because mm. yeah there was a, a point I think it was a year after the yoga retreat I'd started teacher training and again like this yoga retreat blew my mind and I started like you know exploring different things mm-hmm. but I still had that same energy of like right you've got to just do everything and prove that you're this. So I'd done teacher training. I was head coach of a rugby team at the same time. 
I also started running my own retreats at that place in Spain the following year. And I remember being on the retreat and one of the guests said to me, she was like, Ant, do you ever stop? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like running a a retreat here. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, You know, I've got that balance, blah, blah, blah. And anyway, I kind of, I just kind of shrugged it off. And, uh, it wasn't until that summer I'd finished my teacher training, which is just like so intense. Um, like I said, I finished a season of rugby and it got to the summer holidays and I just couldn't get that comment out of my head. Like, do you ever stop? And I was like, I don't think I ever have stopped. I, never, I, I was never told that it was okay to stop and just pause for a few minutes, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. not always be on the lookout for the next thing yes. or the next job or the next challenge or the next da da da. I was very much, that was the first time that I, 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 I really started to embrace this idea of this almost kind of feminine energy, which is more about slowing down, embracing like your so, creativity so, so, yeah. and just, yeah. And just reflecting and just, you know, rather than just trying to be this kind of like dominating, like, you know, yeah high energy person that's just doing all these things and just stepping up to all these challenges it was just like i'm just gonna let go and giving giving everybody else your energy as well not not taking time to stop and get you know and and absorb some other people's energy but just giving of your energy all the time and being exhausted Mm. at the end end of the day so that was that was again another big kind of light bulb shift moment for me um and that and you know i started reaching out to people to to help me get in touch with this other side, you know, get in touch with my emotions. I didn't, I didn't have a very high emotional intelligence back then. It was like, I'm stressed. I'm busy. Yeah. I can be happy sometimes, but that was literally about all I knew in terms of emotions that, you know, work, work, understand work. how I was feeling. I didn't understand obviously the process of maybe what I had been through with the injury and, and the recovery and all of this. No one ever asked me how I was mentally throughout that time. Um, you know, it was all just, again, how's the knee? So, you know, so, so again, coming back to that kind of point around mental health, because I've had my own challenges around that, it allows me to, um, yeah, just to be able to empathize with people. And, and again, create an environment where people can maybe feel safe about sharing something with me that maybe they, they find sharing with, you know, a friend or a mate down the rugby club where you'll just get a bit of banter for showing a bit of yeah. softness or a bit of vulnerability. Well, yeah, you're putting your hand up and say, on a sec, I'm, I'm, you know, you know, I've played rugby myself. I've played to a high level, you know, all you guys, that have, you know, the, the amateur clubs and everything else that maybe think you're big and tough and what have you, you'll never, you'll never have any vulnerability you know, um, it is, you know, it's okay. It's okay to say that I'm not, you know, I'm not doing great. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm suing a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Well, my, um, my tag, one of my taglines for my podcast was the time for raising awareness, for mental health in a game of rugby is over. The time for taking action is here because yes. from, from what I kind of saw before Christmas, while I was doing a bit of research, for my, my business, was there was a few companies, a few charities out there, and it was all about raising awareness, raising mm-hmm. awareness. Yes, and I, I was agree. like, raising awareness, raising awareness is great because it opens a conversation. Yes. Then what? So, you know, I see my podcasters, like I always ask my guests, like, have you got any tips that's helped you overcome this challenge? What can the listeners do now? What advice would you give to that Brilliant. recently retired rugby player? So it's like, 
former rugby players, myself and the guests that I'm interviewing, sharing stories, sharing tools that people can then go away and implement in their own lives so they can take action on this stuff, not just, oh yeah, so great that mental health is now part of the conversation. It's just like, it's not good enough to be part of the conversation. Let's take action. Let's do something about it because, you know, that's where people are going to get the real results. And if I can provide a platform for that with my podcast, with my online courses, with my one-to-one coaching, then, you know, happy days. That's going to, you know, that's going to make me feel fulfilled. It's going to allow me to give back to the game. And, you know, because I do have a huge amount of gratitude for the game. Um, You know, it it taught me a lot. And I, I even have even more gratitude for that experience on new year's day in 2012 i was going to ask you that actually sitting here that was one of my talking to you doing this podcast anything if i hadn't have gone through that experience yeah this is what i was going to ask you i'm going to say a big one here uh, anthony would you say that your injury injury was a a blessing in in this in disguise you know i mean (laughs) who knows you could have been you know who knows what you could have been doing now it could have been you know high top flying professional rugby mm. player and obviously then that just halted everything full stop end of you know yeah. would you say that that was a blessing in disguise mm. oh 100 percent, 100 like you know yeah. not not, not going to kind of put it on that pedestal as being the best thing that ever happened to me but it's definitely up there because Without it, doubt, it yeah. gave me enough of a shock to my system to wake me up to actually addressing yeah, just these deeper questions around myself. Like you say, I'm, I'm probably like if I'd have carried on that path and played rugby, you know, maybe might have been retiring around now, maybe a year or two ago. You know, I might have had a happy life, but what I feel I'm doing now is giving me almost a deeper sense of fulfillment, rather than that kind of like, oh, he's played professional rugby. That's a big tick. He must have a really great life. Yeah, yeah, he must be yeah, really yeah. happy. That's a that's, you well, know, you must be earning good money and all these things that you're told are meant to make you happy. Of course, yeah. But literally, what? like, doing a podcast with somebody where I'm really connecting with somebody on quite a deep level and having a real nice conversation, I finish a podcast and I literally feel great, like, yeah. there's no better, like, you feel amazing. Mm. And, you know, I, I do an online course and you get some feedback saying, oh, mate, I feel amazing after that yoga class. My back's feeling better after just two sessions or this or that or that or that. All these kind of, like, you know, things that are kind of positive responses coming back. And it's just like, it's I don't great. Know, this is actually, you know, so, making me feel good. That's similar. Making- yeah. I always find it's, it's, it's like, the thing is, it's, it's what you realize. And obviously you've realized this as well. It's taken me a lot of years to realize the same thing that the secret of happiness, really the secret of living is, is, is giving, giving of yourself, just giving, mm. you know? And it's like, yeah. you see, you see these cooking shows and, um, and it's like the, the judges are, are like tasting the food and you see the people, these are big, these are stars, you know, that have gone on this celebrity master chef yeah. or whatever. And you can see the expectation on, on their face, you know, for, for you know, for them to say they like mm. it because, and it's like, you know, people, when they're giving food out to the family and what have you, they, they, they just want people to, you know, to enjoy the food and they want to, you know, give of themselves by, you know, by, by their food. It just makes you feel so good when you, when you're giving, like you say, you know, if you're having a conversation with somebody and you say something that lights up their eyes or maybe helps them or helps improve their mm. life, that's rewarding. It's in its, in itself, obviously, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, and it, you know, I feel, like I said before, I feel really grateful to be able to do this and, you know, on the surface of things to a lot of people in the West, it was just like, well, 
what about this what about that like you know there's maybe certain materialistic things that i don't have right now but at the, on the flip side i know a lot of people that do have those materialistic things ticked off like the house like the successful job and the money and this that and the other and the nice car that are not that happy so it's just like you know trying to fly the flag here to go you know you can actually earn a decent living maybe not earn a million quid right now maybe that's a possibility in the future who knows we'd be open to it mm -hmm. but you know i'm doing things that i, I really love on a day-to-day -day basis and and you know is challenging and it's uncomfortable because it's it's new like starting a podcast you know yourself we talked about it before we come on air you know it's it's triggering because it does highlight you know things that maybe you're not great at or you know you maybe some insecurities there yeah. but putting yourself out there to do stuff like this is so empowering when you do it yeah there's so many people that maybe are thinking about doing exactly, something yeah. that are just maybe worried about oh what if that doesn't work out what if so and so thinks i'm this what if you know i don't earn enough money what if da, 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 da. what if what if what if there's so then many you, what if do you don't yeah. end up doing it yeah i'm just so glad that i took that decision you know it was around this time last year i decided to quit my teaching role and just go for it yeah you um, went full-time last september is that what it was last yeah september? i went full-time working as a holistic lifestyle yeah, coach so that's, that's completely a complete flipped around complete radical turnaround of, yeah. of your life, yeah, you know mate, you I mean? talk about radical turnarounds going from somebody that's always had a job and a regular income to yeah. all of a sudden, if I'm not do, getting up in the morning and doing yeah. this, 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 and this, yes. or looking for clients or doing my social media or doing this, you're not going to get paid. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah. uh, so that in itself <laughs> is, a, is a complete radical yes. transformation. But freeing also as well. Mindset from around money. You know, it's, it's highlighted insecurities and issues around money for me um and yeah it's, it's been so interesting to and and especially when there's a lot of people around you that don't necessarily get what you're trying to do they don't get this kind of um yeah. freelance lifestyle they're like oh maybe you should go back into teaching because yeah i'm gonna trust yeah. what i'm feeling in my heart is the right thing to do and trust that me sharing my truth is going to impact the people that I need to impact. And the more people I impact, the more or the less I'm going to have to worry about money. You know, True. if this podcast goes out, if everybody that's, that's in the rugby yeah. world listens to my podcast and, you know, does maybe one of my online courses, you know, I'll earn more money in a couple of months than I would in, you know, five years being a teacher. And that's because you know, you're if, if doing I get something. It right, you know, so and I think that's where that mindset change is. Yeah is 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 so critical you know yeah. let go of those limiting beliefs you have around what you should do with your life who you are how you earn money how you do this how you do that it's just like right open up to something new and back yourself and trust yourself um yeah. so so yeah so that's that's where i'm at and it's it's scary it's no, funny it's scary really, it's at the same time man. it's it's you're putting yourself out there. You know? You're putting yourself out there obviously yeah. yeah um i agree with everything you've said i agree with everything you've said anthony um if you don't push yourself forward, if you don't do things that you're not that are not necessarily comfortable, how are you ever going to move on? You're going to be stuck. You're going to be stuck. Mm. Um, stuck where stuck where you are, you know. And it's it's taken me a lot of, you know. I'm, you're quite a bit younger than me, Anthony. Um, I'm out embarking on this journey as well. It's taken me um, more years to realise what you've realised younger. So you've got your you've got 
you know, a great career heading. I can, I can, I can tell that. If you was to um, finishing up here, if you was to give some advice to your twenty-year-old uh, self, what would that, what would that be? Twenty years of age, I was yeah, still at university. Um, yeah, I suppose for me, because I, I've. A big part of my journey as a rugby player was around proving myself, you know, proving myself to, you know, trying to be the best rugby player, you know, trying to be better than other people, trying to be better, you know, than, you know, other family members at certain things, um, trying to prove myself to coaches that I was this, that and the other. Um, I'd probably say to just, let go of those expectations around what other people think or um, expect from you. And yeah, just lighten up and just go with the flow a little bit more. Like, <laughs> not up. be so serious, like about hey, dude, you know, having up. to do this, <laughs> like having to do that, just slow yeah. down, embrace the things that you enjoy, like, and, yeah, just enjoy like every little moment that you can. Like at university, I just, I wasted a lot of time, to be honest, just like, you know, whether that's just playing video games or, you know, whatever, just wasting time where mm. I could have been learning. I could have been doing it a bit more exploring. Um, so yeah, let go of those kind of expectations, chill out a little bit more and yeah, go with the flow. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's a weird thing, isn't it? They say that youth is wasted on the on the young, and it's not until you get older that you realise, you know, that you could have, you know, that when you were younger. It's like that that what is it? This Benjamin Button film where with Brad Pitt, yeah, where yeah. that starts off as a as an old person in, in a, a baby in an old person's body, and then got younger but yeah. got wiser. But good if we could do that, but we can't, can we? But yeah, yeah. that's. that's oh, I, I had an interesting conversation earlier with a guy. Um, called Ricky Cribb, who's known as the Maori mystic on Instagram. And we talked a little bit about the impact of people on each other, but then also the impact of elders on us. And I think growing up, rightly or wrongly, we put way too much emphasis on people older than us telling us what to do. And we never learned to trust ourselves. True. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm about to become a father in the next few months. Congratulations, Matt. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm genuinely looking forward to what I can learn off this young child. You can learn a lot. Than trying to impose <laughs> yeah. my yeah. beliefs on him or her. Yes. Um, and just embracing, you know, being present with, you know, a, human, a young human being who is the epitome of presence. We talked about this literally a few hours ago. Like children, babies are have are so tapped in, are, yes. are so you know creative, so loving, so kind, so you know. And then we almost kind of as we get old and we start listening to you know teachers and parents and grandparents, we we kind of almost get kind of pushed into this box of yeah. who we should be, what we should do, and you know I think. The, my process has basically been breaking back out of that box 
Back think everybody, that's what everybody wants to do, break out of that box, get back to that child, yeah. you know, and get that, that child. Yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. Where every, every single that's... possibility was, yeah. was, 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 you know, was available. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you didn't, you, you'd not been told that you couldn't do anything, you know, you, yeah. you know, and also, and also the, I think they say that up until the age of maybe four or five, the babies certainly are they, they, they're definitely um, operating on, with, on different brave brain waves. I think they're in theta. Yeah, they're, it's, in theta. Uh, yeah they're, they're in a delta brainwave pattern. So like the babies, everything yeah. is just basically getting downloaded, everything they observe, everything yep, that yep. they do. And they don't have that analytical mind um, capability yet. So yeah, I've quite a bit about that. Even even if up till age five six, mother in theatre, maybe I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so, so yeah. they're seeing the world completely different to what we are. They don't, yeah. they, like I said, that's why yeah. kids can learn so much. But yeah, we're, we're digressing here, aren't we, Anthony? And we've we've oh, uh, yeah. we've, we've we've gone over time. We was trying to be strict, but anyway, who gives a who gives a monkey's head? We're pretty <laughs> we're pretty spot on there. Um, right, okay. Then before we go, thanks very much for that, Anthony. It's been it's been fascinating. I love I've loved listening to you. Um, where can people where can people find you? So on Instagram, my handle is coach.ant and uh, my podcast is the Post Rugby Podcast and my website is anthonyandrewsmentoring.com. So yeah, you can reach out there, follow me online, you can sign up for a free newsletter or yeah, start listening to my podcast and any rugby players out there, if you want to join my free Facebook group, the Post Rugby Community, I'll be using that group to run some free classes and free workshops and obviously share all the content from the podcast and yeah just continue that conversation really around improved physical and mental health in the game of rugby and into retirement from the game so yeah that's me right well just keep doing what you're doing Anthony and thanks for uh, thanks for your time today thanks Steve really appreciate it mate cheers mate